everyone. I'm Rachel here with Ari, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. This week, we're on episode 164, and we're asking our guest, what are the benefits of self-publishing? Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with friends and feel free to write a review. Now, please help us welcome our guest, author Mackenzie Burns, to the show. Mackenzie, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you both so much for having me. I'm really excited for this chat. That's great. Mackenzie, you actually suggested discussing self-publishing more in depth on the podcast. And we would love for you to tell us why this topic was important to you. Yeah, of course. So when I first started out, you know, weighing my options and deciding what option I wanted to go with, traditional or self-published, I didn't really know a whole lot or have a lot of connections that I could talk to about it. So I was really excited to join today to give other authors who might be considering their options a little bit more information on the self-publishing side. Man, I could have used this conversation a few years ago. (laughs) Because when I was first starting writing, I thought traditional was like the only way to go because self-publishing was just starting to become a thing. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to get into this topic because over the years I've done my research on both self-publishing and traditional publishing. So I'm eager to see what exactly you have to say about it and your experiences. So my first question to you is how did you decide to self-publish instead of going the traditional route? So the first book that I knew I wanted to publish was one that I was very proud of. Um, I'm sure as all writers are very proud of their stories. Um, But in addition to that, it was a very personal story. And I was afraid that traditionally publishing would change that too much because it has darker themes. I'm a dark fantasy writer um, and it's centered around mental health rep. And that's not necessarily what publishers are looking for in the young adult genre. They're usually looking for happier stories and not to say that this doesn't have a happily ever after ending, but you know, there is that darkness that's in it. So I was very afraid that the main elements of the story and the main themes of the story would be taken away once it was put in the traditional publishing route. So I actually was very lucky. And my mom has a friend from high school that is actually a USA Today bestseller. um, And she has published both traditionally and she now does the self-published route. And my mom put me in contact with her a few years ago. And so when I was kind of weighing my options, I reached out to her because I knew that she had been through both methods. Um, And we talked through the pros and the cons. And when I was talking, she basically just told me, what you just told me, it's your answer. You want to self-publish this story. (laughs) So um, after that, I just kind of took it by the reins and I started working on it. And then in addition to that, I'm also pretty, I'm a control freak. Um, So I like having a say in what's happening with my work and not that I wouldn't have any say in traditional publishing, but this way I was able to control everything from, you know, cover design, what elements were kept in the story, what was taken out. Um, And so I was just really able to follow my vision to the end until the book was finally published. And so my discussions and then my own research and just the ultimate goals for the story helped me realize that 
you know, self-publishing was the best for this book in particular. And then I just kept going. I think that's awesome that you had that um, connection with your mother's friend so that you could kind of see the pros and cons of both worlds. And I got to agree with you. I am also a control freak, which is why I ultimately decided to self-publish because I... (laughs) I don't really know too much about traditional publishing because I've never been traditionally published, but I feel like if you get traditionally published, really the publisher just gives you a name. They don't do as much for you as you could do with self-publishing because you have more freedom. And a lot of people feel like that the traditional publishers will do the majority of the marketing for you, which unless you become a bestseller, then no, I don't think they do all of that work they won't like do the heavy lifting for you so in a way you still have to do a lot of the things that you would through self-publishing and you might as well just go self-publish and just have that 100% control so I definitely I agree with you on that especially like you know like you said your your book was like personal and there's mental health rep and if it doesn't cater to the market and other people don't think it's going to sell then they're just going to give you a pass. And, you know, there's an audience for everybody. There's a reader for every book. So it doesn't really matter if it's like matching the current market trends or not. If you want to write it and you want to self-publish it, then absolutely, I think you should. I have to say the lack of control on like your actual content is one of the biggest things that kind of has me leaning more towards self-publishing. I have a habit of, of ricocheting back between the two because that's the sort of person I am. I'm, I can't seem to focus on one thing. But it's like losing a bit of control with the cover. It's probably not the, the worst for me. But finding out that, as you said, they could literally go in and be like, mm, yeah, we don't want all this mental health stuff. It's too dark. Let's lighten it up. Let's change this. And suddenly it... It might be better in one sense, but it's not your book. It's not the piece that you put in there with all your heart and soul. It becomes kind of pieces that they've touched and put in and it doesn't feel the same. And I've I've read case studies and like interviews with authors who've been traditionally published and they've said like, oh yeah, this, the, the book started out as this way where the character was actually this sort of person. However, the editor gave me some feedback and we changed it. And I'm sort of thinking, that other way sounds way better. I think that would have worked better. It sounds much more interesting. But obviously, the publisher may have had another book that was similar and didn't want the competition. So instead, they sort of changed it. So, yeah, I think being a control freak is not a bad thing at all because you put so much more effort in to making it exactly how you want it to sound and everything so yeah i i am 100 percent understanding why you would do that but as you said having that nice back and forward with someone who's been there because let's be honest we can read all the articles we want we can see interviews and everything but having someone who's literally been in both camps and sit down and answer any questions and say yeah tried that tried that this is what it is and did it when when she said that was your answer did you get to get that feeling of relief of like oh yeah actually yeah Yeah, I actually did because I had always been leaning towards self-publishing because there also is that element of traditional publishing where it takes so much time. You have to query. You have to hope that you get an agent. Then you go on sub. And then from there, it's like 
your book might not even be sold. And like, then you have to go back again and do more edits. And it can take years upon years upon years to get a story out through the traditional route. So the self-publishing timeline always sounded better for me, but I liked the perks that would come with traditional publishing. The it's not as costly. You have that publishing house behind you. You have, um, you know, all these resources at your disposal. So that's kind of the only reason why I was ever considering traditional publishing. But like, I think I knew deep down that self-publishing was always going to be my route. And having her say that was just like validation. You know, it was just confirming what I always knew, but I needed someone else to tell me. Yeah, I think that's great because I think a lot of us have that fantasy about being traditionally published because, as you said, you do have the publishing house behind you. But also the other thing is if your book doesn't sell well or other like things in the market just change too rapidly, they have the right to just pull your book and unpublish it. And then, of course, you're like back to square one. And um, I've seen writers have like agents break up with them, too. So that's a whole nother issue as well that's what spooks me yeah i have to admit that uh and also i don't know i've seen some with traditional publishing i don't always think they, they're as <laughs> i'm gonna put myself in a bad place with traditional publishers they're gonna be like oh we're definitely not touching her i don't always think they have the best marketing ideas because they do give you some it's not like you would have to have to do all your more marketing you have to work with them but i don't know i've seen more more unique and interesting ideas for marketing come from self-published uh, authors. They seem to come up with unique ideas and, and suggestions and, and like they'll try different things. Whereas I feel like there's a very specific thing that traditional publishers do and it's like, oh, yeah, put it on social media and we're going to put it in a bookstore and we're going to do like a signing. And it's like, that's fine. But there are other methods and ways to get out there. And it's not always, I don't, maybe I'm being wrong, but that's what I've noticed. But going on from what you said about like how you have more control, like your book covers and things. So with that kind of thing in mind, what tools and programs and resources have you used to make self-publishing your books easier? So I really like learning how to do things. So when I decided I was going to self-publish, I wanted to do as much of it myself as I could. Um, and like I just kind of mentioned, obviously, you have less costs associated with you when you traditionally publish, but when you self-publish, all these costs are coming out of your pocket. So um, obviously I have a life outside of writing that requires bills to be paid and people to be fed and whatnot. So um, I did try and learn how to do as much of it myself as I possibly could, but that's not to say I did not invest in anything either. So I draft my books on Microsoft Word. So I actually draft my books completely formatted. <laughs> um, so I did learn how to do book formatting through Microsoft Word, but I do know that there are other um, options that you can use for book formatting as well, or you can outsource that. Um, Photoshop, I learned how to use in high school. So I just kind of took those skills and used it to create, you know, covers or chapter header designs or promo images for marketing. I've also started to use Canva a little bit more, which is a free resource. 
And then I have dabbled in very, very amateur movie editing in the past. And so I just used iMovie for just basic video promos that I post on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or something like that. And then kind of where I had to outsource to get the help. I used Getty Images for cover images because that's like a huge thing that you have to be careful of when you're self-publishing is copyright. So just make sure that you're paying for everything and you have the proper licenses and everything. So Getty Images was that source for me when I needed, you know, actual pictures. And then I actually reached out to a lot of people in the writer community that I've met over the years to use as beta readers, which cannot speak to the importance of beta readers more they are so helpful and sometimes they are paid um, but a lot of times if you just have a community around you uh, they'll just volunteer and it's kind of like you read my work I'll read your work you kind of barter and then of course I could not get through this without my editors so <laughs> I have worked with editors. Um, I've worked with, I think, four or five different editors now at different stages in the process um, and for different projects because for a while there, a lot of my projects were overlapping. So I couldn't be working with the same editor because they were working on one thing, but then I also wanted to get another thing moving. So I was reached out to another editor and you know, that's kind of how it became like a whole crew of people that I've been working with, but all of them have been absolutely wonderful and I love them all so much and they've been so accommodating and so kind and so helpful in transforming my stories, but not too much where I don't lose my voice. And then I've also hired a cover designer that was only for my most recent book though. I designed the covers for my first novel and then its companion novella and then my next novel legacy of the night that one I hired a cover designer and she was wonderful to work with and then I know how to do print book formatting but I do not know how to do ebook formatting so I did have to outsource there as well so as you can like kind of see there's a lot of things that yes I learned how to do it myself but there's so much that goes into this that sometimes it's just impossible to do it all yourself and so you need to reach out and use your resources or start doing research and just kind of find people to help you and this is such a wonderful and supportive community and there are so many wonderful freelance editors or other authors or you know cover designers and stuff they're all very willing to work with self-published authors they know it's hard and they are beyond accommodating when you reach out to them. I have to say, it's it always was um, a surprising thing when we first got into the writing community, when you start realizing that you can reach out to someone and say like, you know, who, who did you use as an editor? Or I'm looking for a really good cover designer, or I really need some beta readers. And people will just be popping up going like, I don't mind beta reading. What is your book about? I'll read that if you want to read mine. And there is quite a good collection of 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 people that you can kind of connect with and uh, obviously it's it, it's one of those it's like any community it works really well when there's a lot of give and take on all sides you know because we've all seen that one person who just like oh I need this I need that I need that and then it's like never hear from them when you need something but I have to say I love Canva I've been using it for years I love it it, it shocked me when I found out that it was a free program and how 
easy it was to navigate. It was like, I thought, oh, it's going to be really difficult. Oh, wow. It changed everything. Social media, blogging, right? It's, oh my God, I love, if you're not using Canva people, you are seriously missing out. I've never used Photoshop. I never got into that. But Canva is so brilliant. And as you said, the free version, because I actually have the paid version now, but the free version does so much. It's shocking how much it does. I I second Canva. Uh, Canva is an absolutely amazing program. And I have used Photoshop and Photoshop is great too. Um, but I don't like Adobe as a company. I like their programs, but their company sucks. Um, but I digress with that. I do think it is really useful that you need to learn like so many tools of the trade when you self-publish your books. Obviously, there is a fine line because it's very easy to go down that rabbit hole and be like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I can do it all. And then you kind of forget to ask for help and reach out to other people in the community. And you do need to recognize that there are some things that, no, you cannot do it all. There are not enough hours in the day. You do need to go to sleep at some point. So it's definitely helpful to know these things, but also you do need to invest in it a little bit. So I feel like you, Mackenzie, you have a good balance of what you do yourself and then what you outsource to. And I think that's awesome because it's a lot of people don't realize that when writers write books and publish them, people don't realize that we're not just writing. We're doing so many other things. We're editing, we're proofreading, we're designing. And there's just so much more that goes into it. We have a lot more skills than people give us credit for. Yeah, I agree. Even like the fact that you mentioned you've got the book formatting on Word that you do for like the paper copy and everything. And then you need to learn differently for the ebook. I don't know why it didn't dawn on me that that would obviously be the case. But it's like, yeah, actually, yeah, you would need two different type of formattings for, for that, in which case you would have to learn two different methods. But I think like like Rachel said, having that nice balance of you do some of it yourself and learn as you go and then you pay for some, especially at the beginning of your career, is a good way to do it to kind of save money. Because as you said, the cost is can be phenomenal. It's like you add on editing and it's not just editing, is it's like structural editing and then copy editing and then line editing. And then you've got a cover and then you've got a formatter and then you've got your ISBN numbers. And so it's like, it's not just like oh, a little bit of a cost. It's like cost, 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 cost. So if there's anything on there that you can do that's cheaper without obviously going against quality, that is such a big thing. And just the way you went through that and said like, I do this, I do this, I do this, I outsource this, I outsource this. It made it so much clearer that you, you're so business oriented with how you do your work, which is exactly how you have to be. Yes, it's creative, but it is a business and you have to think with the business hat on. And I think that just exactly comes across that that's how you do it. And I do just want to add in there that it is like, I work full time. A lot of authors have other jobs. They have families. They have, you know, parts of their life. They can't dedicate their full 24 hours. It's like you said, Rachel, we have to sleep at some point. We have other things going on. And so realizing when you need to give the job of, you know, cover designing or formatting or promo creation, promo graphic creation off to someone else. It's hard 
to be able to do that because like I was saying earlier, I'm a control freak. So I love having my hand in as much of this as possible, but it's also not realistic and not healthy to take everything on myself. So you just kind of have to evaluate your skills, your weaknesses, and then figure out where you can ask for help or get the help where you need it. And that will just make the whole process go so much smoother. And at the end of the day, you'll just be happier, I think, mentally happier, just happier with the outcome in general. So um, that's kind of what I've found. And that's why, yes, while I love the control and doing things myself, um, I do need to outsource. And like I said, all these people that I've worked with, they never let me lose my voice or my vision. They're working with so many different authors that they understand like this is our baby. <laughs> so this is our blood, sweat and tears. So they will make sure that everything is exactly how you want it. Um, and yeah, it'll just go so much smoother. Right, right. I mean, yeah, having the absolute control is obviously amazing. But I agree with you, you will be much happier and healthier if you um, outsource certain tasks to other people. And I think every everybody around you will be happier too because you won't be stressed out and pulling out your hair and, you know, bothering everybody around you because <laughs> that's easy to do. But when you have all of your pieces together for your book and you've had your outs outsourced everything that you need to, and now it's actually time to self-publish your book, where can writers self-publish their books? So there's a few different options. Some are paid, some are free. Um, some are definitely more popular than others as well. But personally, I publish through Amazon KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, and then also Barnes and Noble Press. Um, but another really popular option is Ingram Spark, which has great distribution options. Personally, that just wasn't a fit for me. One, because it is paid. Um, and I because of all the other costs that I had, I just didn't want to also pay that $50 per book fee. Um, and I also don't know if that's an annual fee or a one-time fee or whatever it might be, but I do know it is $50 per book to put it on the Ingram Spark platform. And like I said, there's so many benefits of using that platform because it's really easy for audiobooks, different types of cover design, or if you want like embossed covers, I believe that they offer that. So if you're looking for like a really fancy method and allows you like a lot of different um, customization options and things like that, definitely consider Ingram. But because I wasn't necessarily looking for anything super fancy or over the top or anything like that, I just wanted, you know, classic paperback, classic hardcover, um, classic ebook. That's why I went with Amazon and Barnes and Noble because they were one, both free options and they gave me exactly what I wanted. So I didn't need any of that other stuff. And I know, or I don't want to say I know, but I believe it's in discussion that KDP is considering starting audiobooks. So that might become an option. I feel like I heard that somewhere, but now I feel like I might be starting a rumor. So <laughs> I'm starting to second guess myself, but um, I do believe I saw it somewhere that they are considering 
audiobooks because they have Audible and all of that. So that might become an option through KDP within the next few years, which would be awesome. Um, but there are just a ton of options out there. I've only named three. Um, so kind of like what I did before I picked, I did research and then I also got recommendations from other authors that I knew were using different platforms. So again, personally, my decisions for the services that I use were based on cost and ease of use and then recommendations for other self from self-published authors. So yeah, just make sure that you're doing the research. They each offer different things. They have their pros and cons. Um, and a lot of them will let you get into the system um, before you are even prepared to publish the book. So you can kind of play around with it, see if you know how to use it and see if it works for you and if it's what you want and offers what you want. So yeah, just do your research, but there's a lot of options out there. <laughs> like I could keep going on a whole list probably of all the methods that authors can self-publish their books through. Yeah, I think um, Amazon is actually really easy to use. I have self-published through Amazon before and they are, you know, there is no cost. As much as I'm in a love-hate relationship with Amazon, it is really easy to use and it's free. Uh, I completely forgot that Barnes & Noble had a self-publishing platform because they have their Nook. I completely, completely forgot. I, um, I love Barnes & Noble, but I've never self-published through there before but I'll have to look into it and Ingram Spark I I had no idea you had to pay for Ingram Spark that's annoying <laughs> I mean I know it's a great platform I've heard great things about it but yeah I had no idea that you needed to pay for it so that's obviously something else that you would want to add into your budget if uh, you're thinking about self-publishing because depending on what you outsource and stuff yeah you gotta you got to add that to the cost as well. I don't know if you can I believe hear. there's one called Kobo. Am I making that up? I might Kobo. be making that up. I Kobo, totally yeah. forget. Yep, yeah, there's Kobo. And then there's another one that has digital in the name, but I can't remember it right now. I get their emails. But... Like draft to digital? Yes. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. I've just heard of it. So I can't give you any anything about it but yeah I've I was of... just gonna point it out that that also exists <laughs> but yeah there yeah and then there's also Lulu Press I believe is what it's called <laughs> I actually had a family friend reach out to me as well because they knew that I was doing this and they were like hey have you ever heard of insert whatever the self-publishing platform was here and I was like no but I mean, there's literally a hundred platforms out there, so I'm not going to hear about all of them, but yeah. So well, there's a ton. There are. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, as you said, you have to do your research and figure out which is the best for you, for your budget and for your project as well. And, um, you know, if you want all the bells and whistles of the embossed covers and stuff like that, then yeah, you might as well splurge a little bit if you can afford it. But uh, for the most part, especially if it's your first book and you're just starting and you're just learning the ropes, then it might be easier to go with a free platform just so you can kind of go through the motions and figure things out. And there's nothing saying that you can't switch either. So, or add on to a different platform. Like I know there's a lot of people 
in the writer community that I'm familiar with who have started on Ingram and then switched like completely taken their books off of there and just gone with Amazon or started with Amazon and then switched to Ingram or were on Amazon and then added on Barnes and Noble Press. Like everyone kind of has these different methods. And I do want to say, just make sure that if you do that, you're paying attention to like the terms and conditions. And I'm not saying read the 4,000 pages that they always say, check and accept that no one reads. Um, so like, for example, KDP, if you are published through Kindle Unlimited, you cannot have your ebook on another platform. So yes, I publish with Barnes and Noble Press as well, but my ebook is not available from Barnes and Noble. So it's just the paperback and the hardcover um, because of those terms and conditions that Amazon has set. So if you are working with multiple platforms, just kind of be aware of that. But otherwise, yeah, just kind of keep an eye out and see what works best for you. Well, it's like you said, and, you know, how important the research is. I think because self-publishing has kind of boomed, especially with ebooks, there is this kind of idea that's like, everybody can self-publish. And it's like, well, yes, obviously that's how it's set up. But that doesn't mean that it's like quick and easy. It is easier than, say, going through traditional publishing where you have to spend years and you have to, like, really hope that someone's interested and you get off the slush pile. But, as you said, there's so many you can choose from. And while you might not want to research, you know, the hundreds and hundreds, you should definitely not just go, I'm just going to go on Amazon because it might not actually be the best platform for your book. Because this is why we've said you need to know your audience, you need to know your genre, you need to know your, you know, the, the whole category that your book falls under. And then use that information and look into the different platforms that work best and look for the different costs. Because again, and I think we've talked about this on a different episode, Rachel, I'm not sure, something about the saving up for the money for paying for all the stuff that you have to do if you self-publish. We did, yeah. <laughs> we did, didn't we? I thought we yep. covered Um thing is we, we record lots ahead so it might be one of those that hasn't come out yet no I think it was like episode 130 or something like that how to budget cool. your book if you've just pulled that out of your top of your head and it's correct that would be because really cool. we've referenced it before that's the only reason I remember but yeah so it's like having that knowledge can set you up in a better position than like going oh yeah I budgeted this much and then find out actually you want to use this and it's going to cost you so it's it, research is not just important when you're writing the book <laughs> important then too but yeah it should take you some time to just double check all the different options available because I hadn't I didn't know about Barnes and Noble Press I don't know if that's an American thing I don't I've heard Barnes and Noble but I don't really know much about it so it might not be something in the UK and obviously the UK might have something different Australia might have something different again so knowing the different ones in your area that's more specific to your needs is important so yeah see homework for everybody who wants to be self-published go and do some homework and with that we're going to kind of circle around to the actual main topic the meat of this episode and ask what are the biggest benefits to self-publishing so of course i can only speak for myself um and this is definitely something that's going to vary author by author since Everyone's experience with self-publishing is going to be different. Um, but for me, I kind of mentioned it before a lot that I love the complete control. <laughs> uh, my 
book is titled what I want. The cover looks the way I want it to. I was able to work closely with my editor and make sure all the elements of the story that I thought were most important stayed in the story. Um, and a lot of the times things will be cut by editors and agents in the traditional route. Um, if they don't believe whatever that thing might be, will make the book marketable. And that's not bad, but just knowing the stories I write and how they are somewhat, they have those darker undertones, like I mentioned, I was afraid that I would lose my voice. And I know with self-publishing, I'm not losing my voice. I These are my stories. They are my words in the way that I want them to be conveyed to readers. Um, and I'm very grateful that we have this ability to self-publish as easily as we can now. And I say easily, meaning it's easy to get it out there on Amazon or something like that. It's not easy to do. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. So don't be fooled. But yeah, I do love that my voice, I, I'm staying true to myself. I'm staying true to the stories that I thought of and created and drafted um, through the whole process. And the self-published and indie community is also fantastic. I kind of mentioned that when I was talking about, you know, beta readers and outsourcing different um, resources earlier. And that has easily been one of my favorite parts of the whole process, just getting to know other self-published and indie authors, getting to know all those freelance editors and getting to work with them and working with small businesses even for like promo tours and giveaway merchandise. So getting to know my cover designer and then helping with different aspects of the journey. So for example, I just started an ebook series for my newsletter subscribers, where in some of the volumes, I'll share tips that will helpfully make self-publishing easier and save costs and all that other kind of stuff for other people who might be going through the process or who are new to it or just learning that this is an option for them. Um, and I know that anytime I have a question, I can reach out to someone personally or post on my Instagram stories and get a ton of people reacting to different polls. Like, should I do this? Should I not do this? Do you guys like when authors do this or not? Um, they'll slide into my DMs with like huge explanations about why they pick some stuff or why they like things. And they're always just so incredible. And I consider so many of these people that I've gotten to meet through this indie and self-publishing journey, my actual friends. So like, I haven't actually met most of them. I luckily have been able to meet some that are local to the Midwest um, where I'm from, but yeah, it's just, I think that is probably my favorite. It's just the community and how everyone just rallies around each other and we're all just so supportive of each other and yeah I I love that that's my favorite <laughs> I think that is the way you said they rally around I don't think you could say it better than that because that is exactly what it's like I came very late to social media like 2016 and then I ignored it for two years before I actually did anything in 2018 um and I was shocked because I I obviously I didn't have my uh, real life friends I didn't follow on social media because I just I didn't follow anybody I didn't follow anybody and the fact that people were following me and I was able to just randomly reach out to writers and be like hey do you want to do an interview on my blog or 
I really like your cover. Where did you get that? And I never once got someone going, who are you? Fuck, I don't know who you are. Go away. It was, they were like eager to, oh my God, yeah, I'd love that. Or, oh, this person is brilliant. Here's all their details of how they, you know, they'll do it and what their costs are and everything. And that is exactly what it's like. I mean, me and Rachel, we, we're in totally different countries, in totally different time zones. And we met through the writing community and through blogging about writing and ended up running a hashtag game on Twitter that went crazy and then creating this podcast from that game. And we still have connections from people we met randomly through the writing community when they played the game. And they've most of them have been on this podcast and it's brilliant. It's You really can reach out. I, I don't think I've ever had an incident where I've reached out to an author, other than maybe them ignoring me, because let's be honest, they may not have got the message, they may have missed the email, or they may be too busy. And I don't take that personally. It's like, it happens. But whenever they've responded, they've always been really helpful and enthusiastically helpful as well. That's what's surprising. I always assume, oh, they're going to just tell me to shove off. Nope always really supportive and it's it is shocking and I think there's a lot of writers who are introverts and who are very shy and I know that because when we played the game we'd get the odd person coming in and being like can I play and it's like of course it's open to everybody and they'd be really like I don't want to say the wrong word but like timid in a way and then you'd watch them coming out of their shell as people were just responding to their answers and everyone was chatting and it's like yeah so if you're unsure of you're shy or a little bit introverted it's like you should definitely still reach out to people in the writing community because most of them will welcome you with open arms it's surprising actually yeah and I love what you just said there about being introverted and just going for it because I 100% consider myself an introvert and so when I was first starting out I think I started my author page in 2015 or 2016 um I wanted it to be completely separate from my personal Instagram that I had and so I didn't know anyone on that Instagram account so if I was going to make connections or have you know fun on it at all because that's the point of social media is like connecting with other people I needed to reach out so it kind of like forced me out of my shell a little bit and Yes, it was definitely intimidating at first because here's this stranger essentially that you don't know when you're suddenly commenting on their pictures. Oh, I love this or asking them a question like, oh, I saw you did this. Where can I get something similar? Or, Do you have a recommendation or whatever? But everyone was so nice. And now like even this many years later, you know, like five or six years later, I still get a little intimidated when I'm reaching out to someone new just because that's how I'm built. That's how my mind works. I feel like I'm bothering them when I reach out to them. Um, but no one has ever been rude or if they have ignored me, it's because like we're probably not mutual followers and it got stuck in those requests or something. And even then they eventually get back to me. So, and they're just so apologetic that it took so long. So so like I was saying, everyone's just so kind and welcoming and we're all in this together. We know what it's like to be a self-published author. We have found, we know what it's like to be a writer in general. And it's, I always say it's a very 
lonely but rewarding craft because really no one is going to know our stories the way that we do we're not no one's going to know the characters or the setting or the world or anything until we share it so to have other people who can get excited with you about something like oh I just finished the first draft and like not know anything about what's in that draft it's just so helpful to get through everything from that drafting stage all the way to the self-publishing stage to have those cheerleaders and people who understand. That's well said. I couldn't explain that any better if I tried uh, because I think, I mean, you're absolutely right. We do have our own little tight knit group of cheerleaders and we all boost each other and support each other up. And uh, again, I can't speak for uh, the traditionally published scene, but I don't feel as if they have as big of a writing community and I do think that self-publishing, as weird as it may sound, self-publishing does seem to be the better option for most introverts, because even though we have to do our own networking and our own marketing and still talk about our books, I find that it's easier to do that than it is to pitch our book to an agent and pitch our book to a major publishing house or even a small publishing house. And a lot of those nerves aren't there in a way, like it just kind of eases everything and you can kind of ease yourself into the process. But I will add that with self-publishing obviously comes the business side of things and whether you're an introvert or not, business is hard. So our final question to you, Mackenzie, is what do writers need to know about the business side of self-publishing? So I'm sure that everyone kind of understands how businesses operate. I think I kind of am lucky because I have a degree in business. I do marketing for a full-time job. So that kind of definitely helps me because I'm around that kind of side of things literally every day. Um, but when it comes to self-publishing, it's almost like a different business mindset that you have to have. Um, and yes, my experience from my job and my degree and everything, it helps, but you do kind of have to learn this whole other way of thinking because self-publishing and publishing in general um, is a lot different than most businesses in the way that, you know, things go through and the whole process and everything. So I guess I'll start by just saying it takes a lot of work, but there is no right way to self-publish and everyone is going to be working with different financial situations or life situations or things like that, like outside factors. So I think here is a very good time to remind everyone who might be considering this self-publishing route that your journey might not be the same as someone else's journey, um, which will also differ from the next person's and so on and so forth. This is somewhere where it's very easy to compare yourself to others but you should always make sure that you're doing what's best for you. Keep a budget sheet. I cannot <laughs> express this enough. Um, or an expense sheet so that you can keep track of exactly where your costs are coming from. Um, if you're planning on publishing multiple books, this will also help you determine uh, your return on investment. So with all that other stuff that you might need to outsource or pay for, um, it will kind of show you how much you spent on those things. And then you'll also kind of know what worked and what didn't work. And then for the next book, you might be able to cut costs somewhere. So if you did like a paid promo tour or something like that, and 
it didn't really work out the way that you wanted it to, maybe that's a cost you can cut for your next book. So it just kind of like shows you where things work, where they don't. Um, and then also you can kind of determine how much it actually costs to put a book out there in the world. Like you see everything come together at the end because so much of this happens over a pretty decent amount of time. So sometimes when you pay for something, I don't know, maybe this is just a me problem, but I feel like after a while, it's like fake. Like I got paid, I got another paycheck. So that expense that I had, like whatever, it's like already paid for or whatever. Um, and that's just kind of how my mind is, which is very not good, which is exactly why I have to have this expense sheet. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I keep track of things on that side. So definitely recommend it. And then also, I think this is something that people sometimes forget. And this goes for anyone, any author that has their name on a book. Once that name or your pen name shows up on a cover, that's your brand. You, I have the Mackenzie Burns brand now. Sarah J. Moss is the Sarah J. Moss brand. Like you are representing yourself now. You are representing your work. And just like any other company or brand, the way you carry yourself, your social presence, any promotions you put out, even people that you collaborate with reflect your personal brand. And as a self-published author, I'm not saying fake it <laughs> to gain readership. Act Like definitely be authentic to yourself. But also remember that you have that additional responsibility of being the face of a brand now. Um, and then I guess one more thing is just like in the real business world, it's good to make connections. I know we were just kind of talking about that a little bit, but this is just kind of reiterating that because I definitely believe it's super important. And when I first started out, I think what I was originally looking to do was just make those connections, like kind of network a little bit and see who I could keep in my back pocket as like a resource. But I have thankfully been able to turn those connections into the genuine friendships that I spoke about earlier, which is just so awesome. Um, but even the people that you might partner with, like editors or cover designers, or if you're looking for like any custom bookmarks or candles or I know some people do like loose leaf tea from like small businesses. Those are now connections as well that you can work with again in the future if you build that relationship with them. So um, I can speak firsthand that the people that I've worked with have all been very wonderful. And I keep saying that I feel like a broken record, but I really have had a great experience with everyone that I've worked with, regardless of who they are and how they help me out. But they will help you throughout the process and they will especially be helpful if you ever want to publish again. So these connections will kind of turn into your quote unquote team. Um, and I think that when you self-publish, that's kind of a misconception that you it's all yourself. You don't have a team, but these people are your team. They're helping you out. They're doing things for you and helping you get that book. Um, to the end game of actually having it printed and published and sitting in your hand or on your bookshelf or whatever. So if you make those connections, I definitely believe that it makes the whole process like so much more enjoyable.
the connections definitely are really important, whether they help you self-publish your book uh, or have like a hand in the book process or if they're just there to support you. So I definitely agree with you on that. And I also like that you mentioned that as soon as your book is published, your name is your brand, whether it's a pen name or not, doesn't matter. And um, yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I feel like a lot of people, when, especially when they self-publish, they don't realize how much business you have to do when it comes to your book. Because I mean, writing is an art and a lot of people don't take art seriously. And I feel like it's so easy for writers to have that self-doubt and that imposter syndrome. So they don't realize all the different things that they can do to make their book um, well-known in the world. And a huge part of that is marketing and business. And you do need to keep track of your budget and you do need to treat it like a job it's totally okay to self-publish your books and, you know, just for fun and just to say, hey, look at this thing that I did. And that's okay too. But if you want to make an income from it, then yes, you definitely need to treat it as a business because it is a business. So yeah, your name is your brand and it should be on everything. I mean, we have talked about that with websites because we're we're big proponents that when you get a website, it should be your name or author name or your author name with you know the author at the end or at the beginning or whatever and it shouldn't be like you know some random you know extra thing or the name of a series because then if you see the next series comes out you have to have another website and another website so yeah we have talked about that and I like the the point about return on investment because I think that's one of those things that kind of flutters off and people don't always think about they think about income and they think about expenses but they don't think to track the marketing that they do because if you try four different types of marketing you should probably try more than that but let's just use that so you try four different types of marketing and two of those are brilliant and they boost your book and two of those are rubbish and don't help at all the worst thing you could do is then bring out the second book and do exactly the same it might be that you stick to the first two and try two others or that you look at why the the second two didn't work and amend them but if you're just repeating the same thing without tracking what you're doing, you're not really learning. And if you're not learning, you're not boosting your brand and you're not getting your book out there. And I do think that's one of those little things that kind of sneaks up on people because it's more work, isn't it? And we're not always a big fan of all the extra non-writing work. But seriously, it's so important because it can be what gives your book the boost to get extra sales and bring in more revenue, which means the more revenue you have, the more you can invest in yourself, invest in your skills, invest in more books, you know, anything like that. So yeah, that is a big point that I think people need to remember. Yeah. And I've gone through three launches now and my first launch was different from my second launch, which was different from my third launch. So there's nothing wrong with changing your process or what you do it's all about kind of finding what works and what doesn't work and kind of like how we were talking earlier when you have those resources from the publishing house like yes you do have to still kind of do your own marketing as an author when you traditionally publish but they give you kind of that framework of how that promotion is going to work and how it's going to go and what you're going to do and whatnot. So when you're self-publishing, you kind of have to figure it out for yourself as you go. So 
I am constantly trying to just find new resources. So different like promotional tours or small businesses to work with or um, different fun partnerships that I might be able to do. So um, it's constantly changing and I can pretty much promise that my next release will be different from the first three. So <laughs> um, it's never going to be the same, but once I find what works, um, I'll stick to it for the most part. But again, it'll probably differ from book to book because my first book in general is very different from the next book in the like new series. So everything's going to be different and also keep that in mind that different stories might require different business mindsets and different marketing uh, campaigns and plans and everything. So yeah, it'll, it'll differ. There's, like I said, there's no right way to do this and it's not going to be the same for everyone. But I feel like it also gets easier at the same time, because even though it's different for each book and each launch, you know to expect that. And you know that, okay, this worked for this book. This didn't work for that book, but it might, if I tweak this one little thing, it might work for this one. And, you know, it's, it is a lot of trial and error, but I think once you kind of know what you're doing and you have those ideas in your mind and you try to implement them it does get easier to try to implement them yeah when I was doing the first book it was pretty much a guessing game no matter how much research I did or how much I thought I was prepared for everything it was like some road bump would happen and I would just kind of find myself questioning why did I do that like it didn't even help at all or anything like that so but by the next one I was like okay that didn't work let's not do that again or let's change the strategy a little bit to make sure that it does work the next time around whether that be timing things so my first book I think the cover release and release date reveal were a little bit too soon so for the next one I moved it a little bit closer to when I was planning so that it was kind of top of mind for people when the book was coming out. It wasn't so drawn out um, and people might have had the chance to forget about it. And so then for the next one, I realized, okay, so maybe that was too long and then that one was too quick. So let's kind of find a happy medium here. So yeah, it's it gets easier and you know what works for you and you know what works for your books. You know what your readers and your audience react to and engage with so you just kind of live and you learn and it will just continue to get easier right exactly no I I agree with that um because that's true too it depends on what your readers react to and things like that and over time especially if you're writing a series you can make your marketing strategy for each launch similar to each other because you know oh I already have a readership for this series I know what they're expecting I know what they want so yeah I feel like some launches are going to be easier than others as well depending on the content of the book so I mean with all of that said I think we had a really really strong in-depth discussion about self-publishing so Mackenzie thank you so much for that um, and I, I want to add to our listeners that we're not saying that self-publishing is the better route to go. There's obviously traditional publishing and there are small publishing companies that as long as you do your research, you can go that route as well. So you just kind of need to do your research and figure out what's best for you and what's best for your projects. 
Um, but with that said, Mackenzie, it's really been great to have this discussion with you. So before we go, would you like to share something about yourself with our listeners? Sure. Um, so as I've mentioned a little bit throughout this discussion, I have a few young adult novels and a new adult dark fantasy book. They're out right now. Um, From the Shadows, Through the Flames, and Legacy of the Night. Um, I'm also featured in an anthology. It's called Magic and Moons, and you can find that on my Amazon author page as well. Um, the other three books are available from Barnes & Noble in addition to Amazon. I also have a few adult contemporary romance projects in the works, so kind of be on the lookout for that. And then this year, I've officially started providing resources for authors, which are currently available for free to my newsletter subscribers. So if you want to head to my website um, and see if you'd like to check any of those out, feel free. Uh, but yeah, that that's enough of the shameless plug for me. So... <laughs> No, thank you. That was great. And all of Mackenzie's links will be in the description below. So thank you again for joining us on the podcast. But in the meantime, we are going to turn it over to you guys and ask, are you considering self-publishing? Or if you are self-published, how did it go for you? Let us know your answer in the comments so we can chat about it. And remember, we do release a new episode every Wednesday. Next week, we're discussing how to let go of a story idea. So to ensure you don't miss it, please hit the subscribe button on your way out. And as always, thanks for listening to the Merry Writer podcast, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Shiny Objects. We're easily distracted. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.